Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Hello and welcome. I hope you have been taking care of yourself and doing well in this period as we are moving into fall. It is definitely in the air with the drop in temperatures and the breezes and the scents and the smells. So um, let's embrace that beautiful new fall as we dive into a really important and poignant conversation today. It's, it's a conversation that for many brings a lot of grief, a lot of pain, but yet also has the ability to be transcended. 10 million Gen X and baby boomer parents have estranged adult children. And parents wonder, how did this happen? Where did I go wrong? Over time, holidays, birthdays, and even the birth of grandchildren may pass in silence. The anguish may turn into anger. While time in and of itself does not necessarily heal, actions do. And while every estrangement includes situation-specific variables, there are practical, effective, and universal techniques for understanding and healing these not uncommon breaches. Psychotherapist and author of Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child, Tina Gilbertson, has developed techniques and tools over years of face-to-face and online work with parents who have found her strategies transformative and even life-changing. Tina cuts through the blame, the shame, and the guilt on both sides of the broken relationship, so parents will feel heard and understood, but also challenged and guided to reclaim their role as tone setter and grow psychologically. The book that we're discussing today is called Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child, and it has been born out of all of the work that she has done. She is a psychotherapist and author And she has been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, Glamour, Real Simple, and Red Book. She also co-founded the ReconnectionClub.com, which is the school. So you want to pick up the book and read it, but then you want to join the school, which offers education, community, and support to help estranged parents repair their relationships with their adult children. Welcome, Tina, to 1111 Talk Radio. I'm delighted to have you here. Well, Simran, it's great to be here, and thank you for that lovely introduction. Absolutely. I want to start first by helping people understand who that, who, that this conversation may not be for certain ones of them, because there are certain situations where the mind might make up that our child is estranged, but the child is actually going through their normal stages and phases of life, or it may just be part of uh, what the world is, is, is creating and and those kinds of things. So before we go into what it really means to be in that kind of experience, can you first talk about the places where this does not apply? Uh, Well, I, I would say, first of all, that, that I work with parents who are estranged from their adult children rather than the person on the other side, the adult child who has decided to cut off. And the parents I work with are unwillingly estranged. So uh, these are not parents who have let their children go uh, willingly and are, are moving on without them. So that's that's one thing. I, I do work with 
people who whose children are possibly going through something that's pretty normal, you know, the, the uh, maybe when they're in their late teens, early 20s, or when they launch from home, uh, they, they may need a lot more independence, more autonomy, and more distance. And those parents may be shocked and horrified that, that their child who was once so close is not returning their texts. And they, they do feel estranged from their children and in a sense they are I mean they are emotionally estranged there's not that closeness anymore but I do try to distinguish because more than one thing can be going on but I try to distinguish between kind of normal uh, breaking away from home and family versus an estrangement a distance that is caused by a some sort of trouble in the relationship that the adult child has said, I, I cannot uh, deal with this, so I'm stepping away. Well, it is, it is so true that relationship creates the most perfect container for personal growth and for our own self-reflection to see what we hold in this. And that's one thing that's very powerful throughout your book. It's, it is about reconnecting with that child, but it is more so about how the individual within themselves has to look at their behaviors, their beliefs, their alignment, their psychology, all of those different things. So this is really first and foremost an inside job. Uh, You know, that's very well said. It's pretty hard to to have a good a healthy, balanced relationship with others when your relationship with yourself is in trouble, is not is not good. When you don't really value or respect yourself and you're looking for other people to do that, but you don't feel that way, it, you know, it, it, it does create problems when you are looking outside of yourself to find things that really need, you need to be carrying around with you regardless of of who's present. So I, I do believe that for parents especially, there's a, usually a lot of personal evolution that wants to happen in order for their relationship with their children to evolve in a good way. One thing that I found, which was uh, more in the middle of your book, I found very interesting was the foundation of which this occurs, it, it appears to be almost like an echo of one's own experience uh, that tends to repeat. And so are there some foundational circumstances within our own upbringing, our own childhoods that occur for those particular adults that, um, that, that choose to be estranged or that have Uh, created that kind of scenario in their own life. Absolutely. Estrangement does tend to run in families. The child may have seen mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or uncles and aunts who are choosing to distance themselves rather than, than face each other in conflict and in a loving way, try to work things out. So they may they may not have other tools for communication because they did not learn those when they were growing up. And what they saw was this. But in a in a deeper way, there are intergenerational patterns that may be invisible to the parent. 
that do affect the parent-child relationship. Um, you know, relational difficulties like, uh, for example, there is something that is uh, theorized and, and called the relational bank account, where we, when we're children, our parents treat us a certain way. Maybe, maybe we're required to take care of our parents or to grow up really fast and, and help out with the home. And then, and then that is sort of like a withdrawal on our, on our emotional bank account. And then in subtle ways, without even realizing it, when we grow up and we have kids, there may be an expectation in the back of our minds saying, well, okay, when I was a kid, I helped my parents, and so my kids will help me in similar ways. So there can be these expectations swimming around that are quite unconscious, but that do affect the relationships because, of course, the child may chafe at those. And, a, and another thing that can happen intergenerationally is we, a lot of us parent the way we were parented, and a lot of us also say, you know, I do not want to parent the way I was parented. I want to do the opposite of what what happened for me as, as a child, right? And so they just think, well, whatever my mom did or whatever my dad did, I'm going to do the opposite with my kids. But, but what happens is, and that seems like a good idea if if you were, if you felt injured by by what happened when you were a kid, uh, but what happens is you're still uh, parenting in the same box. You know, you're still inside the box of your parents' parenting. You're either doing the same thing, somewhat unconsciously, or you're doing something completely opposite, consciously. But you're still working from that same model. There is no in-between. There's no other model. There's only what they did and the opposite. And maybe your child needs something different from what you needed, but you don't have another model. You just have that one box. And so that's an intergenerational um, factor that can play out and and affect the parent-child relationship as well. Well, it, because it seems that when we are doing that, whether we're choosing to parent like our parents did or choosing to do the opposite, in both scenarios, we're coming from our own filters exactly. of wounding and perspective. And mm-hmm. so we can really only create the same scenarios uh, right. down the road. Yeah. So when you're talking about this kind of foundation, um, some people may think, oh, well, you know, only certain types of families have this take place. Only, only situations where there has been uh, extreme, terrible parenting or horrible abuse, that is the only time where we ever see parent-adult-child estrangement. Um, can you clarify whether that is accurate or not? Yes, it's important to recognize that that is not the case. There may be an assumption that... Uh, if your child chooses to estrange, it can only be because of horrible abuse. And from what I have learned from talking to estranged adult children who share their stories with me in particular, uh, this, this can happen in families where there was no such thing, where the parent was 
conscientious, but maybe didn't get it right for that child. And the, the trouble in the relationship is more subtle than, than outright abuse. Believe me, there is, a, obviously there is abuse, and uh, many children uh, who grow up uh, having been abused will estrange, and, and they are part of the story as well. But there is another side where all kinds of people from all different families may feel, you know, they may have been the black sheep of the family, they may feel invisible in some ways, they may uh, chafe at parental expectations that the parents may or may not recognize that they even have. There can be a lot of subtle ways in which adult children feel uh, like they need to break away from those relationships because they're not uh, they're not comfortable and they are in fact feeling wounded in more subtle ways than outright abuse. They need something from their parents that they didn't get or they need their something to, to not be uh, in place that is currently happening. And perhaps they uh, try to tell their parents and their parents don't understand because they're not using language that the parents can understand. Or they may just not know how to talk about their discomfort in the relationship. And so the parent doesn't get a chance to, to try to understand. You wrote a statement from one estranged child that's quite powerful and possibly what many feel. It is awful when you choose to end a relationship, especially when your parent doesn't or maybe can't understand what they did wrong. To turn away from them in order to move forward as a healthier person feels absolutely selfish and goes against my instincts to maintain that connection with my mother. Mm-hmm. In that statement, there, there's a couple of things. Number one, it, it takes a lot of courage to sometimes disconnect and choose to move forward as a healthier person. And that selfishness can gnaw away at an individual. And on the other side, there is this loyalty of, of, of staying connected to a family. So where is the healthy balance in that? And what's, what's the primary piece that is the disconnect to where uh, we can bring balance back into that kind of experience. Yeah, it is very hard to find the balance. And for many people, what they end up doing is going back and forth. Sometimes they are in touch and trying to fit in to that relationship. And then, uh, some, you know, the stress builds up because nothing has changed. And then they move away again to protect themselves and they're choosing, uh, there's, there's high ambivalence. They're, they have to choose between their own well-being, uh, which doing so takes courage, and being in relationship to their one and only mother or their one and only father. Um, so that's a, that's a very difficult choice to have to make. Um, you know, I think on both sides, if, if it's going to work, People really must do their own work so that they are not uh, projecting and getting triggered and all of that stuff. Um, but the, uh, you know, the most permanent way to, to change that relationship is for the parent to try to set a new tone and to try to understand what is not working from the child's point of view. But that's... That's really difficult because the human who is the parent 
doesn't see the courage in the child stepping away. They, they feel the cruelty of it. They, they just think, how can my child be so cruel? So there's a real disconnect in how they perceive what is happening. The word estrangement comes from the Latin word extraniere, meaning to treat as a stranger. Becoming a stranger to one's child is one of the most painful things that can happen to a parent. If you're reeling from the shock and pain of having an estranged adult child, then Tina Gilbertson's book is for you. But you don't have to work actively toward reconciliation to benefit from this book. Although you enter estrangement in pieces, it's a crucible that can make you whole again, not just as someone's parent, but for yourself. The book is called Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child, Practical Tips and Tools to Heal Your Relationship. It provides a set of tools that will help a parent find true reconciliation with their child, inviting parents to be courageous and to open to do whatever is required to reconnect with their children in a loving and authentic way. This book is an invitation to make changes in the way you think, feel, and behave. If reconciliation is to occur, let alone become permanent, it will most likely begin with you. You can find out more about Tina Gilbertson and all of her work at tinagilbertson.com. And you can find out about the school that she has created that offers education, community, and support to help estranged parents by going to reconnectionclub.com. I'd also like to mention uh, another uh, place that you can go, and that is Uh, betterhelp.com our sponsor if there is something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals then you want to check out betterhelp h-e-l-p they will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist you can start communicating in under 48 hours this is not a crisis line it's not self-help This is professional counseling done securely online, and there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service that BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, provides is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so that you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as traditional therapy. They are committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. It is affordable uh, and sometimes more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And they want you to start living a happier life today. So for our 1111 listeners, you can actually experience 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash 11. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 11. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So definitely check them out. You can read tons of testimonials posted on their website if you go to betterhelp.com and you can take advantage of that 10% discount uh, with the coupon code betterhelp.com forward slash 11. Once again, we're going to be right back with Tina Gilbertson and her book, Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child. You can find out more about her at reconnectionclub.com and tinagilbertson.com. We'll be right back. Have you seen 1111? 
Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we get back to Tina Gilbertson and her wonderful book, Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child, I wanted to let you know that the brand new 1111 magazine is out, and it is beautifully filled with some amazing voices sharing their gifts. So definitely go to the website. It is always free digitally, and you can partake of the wisdom and the beauty and the expression that is there. That's at 1111mag.com. Before we go into the faces of estrangement and the productive strategies to heal it, uh, there are some do's and don'ts for parents estranged from their adult children. And Tina Gilbertson's book goes deeply into uh, many things, many tools, techniques, and also the foundations. But some of those do's and don'ts include don't place blame, not on yourself, your child, or society at large. Blame is definitely not constructive. Take responsibility. Whoever wants a better relationship has the responsibility to make it better. Balance activity with passivity and plan to spend more time waiting than taking action. Concentrate on the process, not the outcome. There are no shortcuts back to your child. And don't stop living. Cultivate relationships, meaningful activities, good health, and anything else that nurtures you during the stretches of silence. Forgive the mistakes. You're only human, not perfect. You're doing your best. 
and so is your child. And embrace I'm sorry. Start by apologizing to yourself for what you've been through. Start viewing apologies as packets of love and goodwill rather than humiliating admissions of guilt. And don't seek reassurance from your child. If you know in your heart of hearts that you're doing the right thing, stay your course, even if no feedback is forthcoming. You can find out more about Tina Gilbertson at tinagilbertson.com. And you can find out more about the school that she has that offers additional education and community and support to help estranged parents repair their relationships with their adult children. And that is reconnectionclub.com. Tina, I'd love to go into some of the faces of estrangement and what that actually looks like so that we can then weave a path back to connection. Yeah, so in the book I talk about uh, three different types of estrangement. I've just kind of roughly put these into three different categories, and they may overlap, uh, uh, except for maybe the first one, which is total cutoff, complete lifelong total cutoff, which I think is fairly rare nowadays. Um, You know, uh, 50 years ago, it was much easier to to disappear on your family and just move away somewhere. And, uh, you know, there was, there was no internet. It was, there wasn't, we weren't as connected as a, as a world as we are now. So I don't think that total lifelong cutoff is, um, the most common form of estrangement. So hopefully that uh, provides some reassurance. Uh, usually it doesn't work that way. The, Probably the most common type of estrangement that we see and that research has uncovered is what I call on-again, off-again. It's also known as periodic or cyclical estrangement where, as I mentioned before, the child may cycle in and out of the parent's life. There's a a buildup of pressure inside the child to reconnect for various reasons, maybe societal, maybe, maybe internal, you know, maybe there's that ambivalence of wanting to connect with family because it's certainly easier to be connected with family in our society than not to be. And so they go back and uh, re-enter the relationship and then over time another kind of pressure builds up where it's just not working Because nothing has changed. The relationship is the same relationship that sent them away in the first place. So that's pretty common, this on-again, off-again, back and forth. And sometimes that does culminate in a much longer estrangement as the child says, I can't do this anymore. And a third type of estrangement, I'm, I'm calling emotional estrangement. And this is where, from the outside... The parent and child don't don't look estranged. You know, they get together for coffee. They see each other regularly. Maybe the parents babysit for grandchildren. Everything looks good from the outside. But on the inside, the parent feels like the relationship has profoundly changed and like she or he and their children are strangers now. So that it's it's the, the estrangement is not physical. There isn't physical distance, but there is tremendous emotional distance where they feel like there's a wall up and they cannot get to the other side. So I call that emotional estrangement. 
you know, there's such an irony in the world that we live in because there are so many ways to connect or seemingly connect with technology and social media and all the different gadgets and things that we have. And yet there is this seeming separation that can take place. And and when there is the uh, estrangement going on, the emotions that each side must be feeling, particularly I would think grief and sadness, mm-hmm. must be incredibly painful to deal with, but then probably lead to a lot of additional assumptions and further separation. How do you, uh, first, can you talk a little bit about those emotions of grief and sadness and coping with them? And then how does one not fall victim to the stories that they make up in their heads if they really don't know what has taken place? Oh, well, that's that's a big question. There, You're so right. There is so much grief and so much sadness uh, that I see in working with the parents. And I know that the adult children who have initiated cutoff have a really, really hard time as well. It's such a painful problem. And it's not helped by the fact that there is a stigma to saying, my own child won't talk to me. You know, a lot of people don't want to share that with others, knowing that there may be an assumption of, well, you know, what did you do? You must have been a terrible parent, and that's why they don't want to talk to you. So there's this this grief that can't be uh, supported in society the way, you know, if you lost your child completely, you would there would be loads of support. But this is an ambiguous loss for people on both sides, and an ambiguous loss cannot be fully grieved because the person is there still in the world. There hasn't been a death, uh, and so it's, it's with you every day where you are just perched on, in the middle between complete loss and, well, everything's okay, they're still here. It's really, really tough. And, and that level of pain, what I see on the parent side, can lead to some resentment, obviously, because the child could change everything just by changing her mind, just by picking up the phone, just by re-entering the relationship, but she's not doing that. And so, you know, you are putting me through all of this pain. Why are you doing this to me? And I don't know if it really is true in the hearts of these parents, but there is talk of my child is so cruel, my child clearly doesn't care that that he's hurting me, that he's breaking my heart. Um, I mean, I, th- I think there is some, some assumption that the child knows exactly the pain that he or she is causing and just simply doesn't care. And what's important to recognize and to kind of shake this loose is to recognize that when somebody is hurt, you know, when you're on fire and you are racing across the backyard in the barbecue and you knock over someone's drink because you're trying to get to the swimming pool and put yourself out, you're not thinking about, oh my gosh, I spilled that person's drink. You're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm on fire and I need to get to the swimming pool. So the person whose drink was spilled may think, that person was so inconsiderate, they spilled my drink. 
and didn't even say, I'm sorry. But you see, it's just a a matter of of the pain being so great on both sides that the child has chosen himself to protect by, by staying away. He is not trying to hurt his parents, and he's not really thinking that much. He may know intellectually, well, my parents don't like this, they want to get together again, but he really uh, may not be able to understand the depth of the pain. But the, the problem is that you cannot show empathy without ending estrangement, if you're in the child's point of view. And so even a very empathetic child may may not show a lot of empathy to their hurt parent because they are too busy protecting themselves from a relationship that they have found hurtful in some way or deeply disappointing in some way. And Tina, what what are the factors that really contribute to that distancing behavior? There's there's been some research done on this. There are many factors that contribute But what it seems to come down to in the case of willing estrangement by adult child is a feeling of being unloved, unsupported, um, unseen. And, And this is horrifying to parents when they hear this because they think, how can my child not see the love that I have for her? How can she believe I don't love her? But the fact is, she feels unloved. And I think that's a problem in relationships where we we love somebody very much, but the ways in which we show our love are not as visible to the other person as they are to us. And so that there is this tremendous disconnect that maybe neither one of them knows exists between how I love you and and how you feel loved. And sometimes when it comes to this estrangement, it can turn into an us versus them type of scenario because we're each side is probably caught in their own heads thinking of where they need to be and there would be some blame possibly that's going back and forth whether it is accurate blame or not. That's right. If you look on the internet at most places where parents or children hang out, there is very much an us versus them mentality, which which may soothe the person in the short term, you know, like I'm not a terrible person. Uh, my adult child is being being mean. And all these people see that and they're they're asking about uh, my adult child and they're saying, wow, that that child obviously is being very, uh, inconsiderate and thoughtless and uh, they're selfish and you know other people are are suggesting that it's not us at all that it's the adult child and and on one level it may feel good to be relieved of this niggling sense of shame and like I did something terribly wrong but on the other hand my my kid is being bashed and and that doesn't feel good so it's it's like they're even the us and them mentality doesn't really solve the problem, except perhaps on a surface level. The problem is that the estrangement, that we are not close right now. We are not together and we, we can't seem to be together because there's a problem. 
that's the issue. The problem isn't who's to blame, who's at fault. You can go around all day long. It's me, it's them, it's me, it's them. And that gets you nowhere except feeling terrible when you start to think, gosh, maybe it's me. And also terrible when you think, my kid is a jerk and is being mean to me. There's no solution there. So us versus them, even though it's kind of, there's a natural tendency toward that, especially when the stakes are high, it's not, it's not a good place for solutions. Although every family story is unique, Tina believes there are four main contributors to parent-adult-child estrangement. First, family history. The second would be communication problems. The third, unmet needs in the parent. And the fourth, normal human development. Of these, only three involve negative feelings. Almost by definition, estrangement is a communication problem, so that factor, at least, is surely in play. This is from Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child, Practical Tips and Tools to Heal Your Relationship. You can find out more about Tina Gilbertson's work at tinagilbertson.com. You can also find out about the school she has started that offers education, community, and support to help estranged parents repair their relationships with their adult children, and that is reconnectionclub.com. Change is possible, both within and without. The greatest burden for estranged parents is unnecessary shame. And Tina's purpose is not just to help you repair your relationship with your child, but also to fortify your bond with yourself. Healing from estrangement is an opportunity for intense personal growth if you're up for it. This is true, whatever the outcome may be. We'll be right back with more Tina Gilbertson and reconnecting with your estranged adult child right after these messages. want more more joy more abundance more power and presence how would it feel to have more loving relationships more empowered community greater fulfillment and life purpose the 1111 mastermind community inspires empowers guides and supports transformation shift your mind expand your heart deepen insights let go and chart a new course dream a new dream the 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset. 
Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. If you have not checked out the 1111 Magazine Mastermind Community, I'd love for you to take a peek at all of the wonderful courses that are now available there. So many of my past guests have collaborated to create some additional value for you by putting together some very enriching courses to support your own personal growth, awareness, and creativity. There are courses on forgiveness as well as authentic living. You can learn about astrology or your human design. And I even teach a couple of courses on conversations with the universe where you can discover the signs, symbols, and synchronicities in your life. So check out the online courses at 1111mag.com. In addition, I'd love for you to visit my personal website, iamsimran.com, where I have some brand new artwork I'm very excited about. I have been Uh, painting away some beautiful images that are coming in through my meditations and quite excited to share them. So check them out when you have a few minutes. The joy of parenting is the experience of paying forward what was given to you. Children grow up and pay it forward to their own children. Nature doesn't demand that giving between parent and child be reciprocal, only sequential. It's not mutual, but serial. Everyone gets a turn at receiving for having to do any giving. No child is required to pay back a parent, but instead must pay the love and caring forward to another child. Parenting is therefore complicated by the inherent conflict of two universal truths. Parents are givers. And the second one is fairness means receiving as much as you give. This is from the book. Reconnecting with your estranged adult child, practical tips and tools to heal your relationship. It is written by Tina Gilbertson, and you can find out more at tinagilbertson.com in addition to her other educational website, reconnectionclub.com. She offers many tools to support parents in finding true reconciliation with their child, and she invites parents to be courageous and open to doing whatever is required in a loving and authentic way. Uh, She is a psychotherapist in private practice, and she helps families repair their distressed relationships, working both with angry, frustrated, depressed adult children and bewildered, hurting, rejected parents. She fell into this line of work during her internship in graduate school, where she noticed how many of her adult clients avoided or dreaded contact with their parents. The book that resulted is Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child, Practical Tips and Tools to Heal Your Relationship. And it comes out of those real-life experiences of helping parents repair their estranged bonds with their adult children. So it is quite a rich book with a lot of practicality and some beautiful information. Whether you are 
an estranged adult child, a parent, um, or whether you're wanting to just know more about being in better relationship with people that you have distanced from. There are a lot of practical ideas within this book. Um, Welcome back, Tina. I would love to get into two points that are probably the most important two points when it comes to any relationship, but specifically ones where there is estrangement. And that would have to do with, number one, communication, and number two, listening. So could you talk a little bit about the four basic types of communication and how we step into communication where there is none, and then what do we need to know about the listening once the communication begins? The listening is probably the part that that is hardest for most of us. I mean, including me in my in my personal life. It's just not the first place we go when we are communicating. Uh, we think about letting the other person know where we're at and what what we need and and so on. Um, but I think when somebody has cut you off. You know, this book is specifically about parents who've been cut off by children. But when, when anybody cuts anybody off, if you are the person who has been cut off, uh, then listening becomes your absolute greatest skill. Because you need to understand uh, what it is that it, that is the problem. If you don't understand the problem, you can't solve it. And, and if you can't listen without interrupting and debating and saying things like, well, I never said that, that's not how it happened, then it goes absolutely nowhere. But the, the communication types that I talk about, when you are communicating, there are kind of two aspects to the communication. One is clarity. How clear are you being? Does the person know what you're talking about or are you using... Uh, implication and they're supposed to infer what you mean and the other aspect is directness are you talking to the person you need to be talking to or are you talking to a third party rather than the person who who really you need to be connecting with so clear and direct communication while for many families it's not it's not the norm is is really, in a way, the most effective. But, you know, clear, direct communication. If I come to you and I say, Simran, you know, something happened here and I, I, you said this and, and I, I really feel this about that, um, can, we, can we do something different? If, if, if you're not used to clear and direct communication, it may feel a little bit aggressive. And that, that it just shows kind of that that the t- typical communication in our family is is maybe something other than clear and direct. Maybe we, maybe we do unclear but direct, or maybe we do unclear and indirect communication. So we kind of walk into the room and say something to to nobody in particular, and everybody's supposed to figure out who am I talking to and who am I talking about. When it comes to that communication and that listening aspect. The validation that sometimes the uh, the parent or the child is really looking for 
sometimes can be the difficult place to get and the communication can be blurry there to actually have it be heard or have it be spoken. Can you talk a little bit about validation and stepping back into a relationship? Is it necessary to go back to the story or is it best to just start over and establish a brand new type of relationship between the two without any story? I'm I'm glad that you brought up validation because it's one of the most important tools in any relationship toolkit. Toolkit validation just means letting the person know that you understand why they feel the way they do. It doesn't mean yes, I agree with you. It just means yeah, I get why you feel that way. And validation is not about yes, it happened that way. Validation is about feelings. It's feelings that are validated typically in, in, a, in a good, effective conversation. It's, oh, I see why you feel that way. And this can be, I, I, this can be extremely difficult when how the person feels is angry at you. You know, because we all have this... Um, tendency toward defensiveness, especially when the other person is saying, you always do this, you never do that, you did this. And we're thinking, well, I don't remember doing that. You know, there's a lot of you language, especially when when people speak to their parents. They're not usually being very careful to use I statements, although some do. Sometimes even using I statements, the person can get defensive. And when you are playing defense... Validation goes out the window because you have to leave your tower and go over to the other person's side and see things through their eyes. That is a very, very tall order. And unfortunately, it is still often required. And unfortunately, still, um, parents may be looking for that from the very same adult child who has cut them off and decided that they want to step away right now, where they're they're simply not going to get that because that adult child is looking for validation. And I have heard of it working very well when the parent can get to a place where they say, you know, I, I understand, I think I understand where you're coming from and and why you feel that way, and, and I'm, I'm sorry. So validation with an apology, especially when it is authentic, can be very effective in healing the relationship. But you need to be in a certain place inside of yourself for that to really work. If you're just saying words that you read in a book because you think they might work, things are going to fall apart very quickly because you don't really feel. You're not owning the, the concepts behind the words. And um, so th- that's why parents need to do a lot of personal work and get to a place of tremendous self-compassion before they should really attempt to do this kind of stuff. Because unless you feel uh, strong and peaceful and calm and like you're a decent person, you're, you're not going to be able to offer that really heartfelt validation that the adult child may simply need in order to come back. The ego can get so involved and want to be right and go into that place of defense that you're talking about. 
Um, for the ego to then sit back and then apologize, you've stated that we have to do our own work, that we have to get ourselves calm. Um, is there a certain way that we should apologize? Is there a certain reparation that has to take place so that there can be a fresh start? And we have just about a minute or two left. Yeah, there are certain elements to every good apology. And we do have a course on this inside the Reconnection Club. Um, a, a good apology includes certain things and excludes certain things. One thing you don't want to do while you're apologizing is explain why you did what you did or explain why you didn't do what you didn't do. You do want to offer validation. You want to take accountability for whatever you can. You know, I'm sorry I didn't realize blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry I spoke to you with that tone. I'm sorry I wasn't there for you when you needed to me to be. So that's the accountability piece. And you can just see why you've got to be able to do your own work first before you can get to a place when you have been so hurt to say to somebody, I'm sorry I, and take that accountability. Uh, so a good apology is usually the result of a lot of work that the parent has done in apologizing to themselves and forgiving themselves and uh, really accepting that they are human, their child is human, they are both children of parents. In some sense, they're both in exactly the same place. They're both adult children. And understanding that puts you in a better place to be able to do what you need for a good apology. Mm, when we are wounded, we do definitely always come from our child's self. You yeah. may continue to experience emotions about your child for the rest of your life. Those feelings can coexist with rather than derail your enjoyment of the life you have. If you talk yourself through your feelings in this way, it will help them pass through you as quickly as possible and dissipate until triggered again. Actively create positive relationships and experiences for yourself. Try not to replace your child because that's not possible, but rather to avail yourself of all that remains that's good and useful and healthy for yourself and others. While you learn to reparent yourself, reconnect, communicate, and be uh, validating for yourself and others. You can find out more about Tina Gilbertson at tinagilbertson.com. Her educational community is reconnectionclub.com. The book is Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child, Practical Tips and Tools to Heal Your Relationship. Thank you, Tina, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. My guest My next week is Firdas Karas, and we are going to be talking about creativity. So I hope you will join me. Until then, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simran next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.